You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Hello once more. This is Vicky Kolovo for Tech Talk Central, and I'll be interviewing Guy Martin. He's senior strategist for Samsung Open Source Group and head of digital marketing at Open Interconnect Consortium, which is the reason we're here and we want to ask him all about it. So the Open Interconnect Consortium features leading enterprises such as Samsung, Intel, and their focus is on connecting the next 50 billion devices that make up the Internet of the Things, as they say on their website. So nice having you here with us, Guy. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here, Vicky. Great. So tell us what it's all about. So I think the easiest way to to phrase this is that in the early part of the century in the U.S., you had individual road systems within within specific communities, but no interstate highway system. That's very much what you have in IoT today. You've got a lot of different verticals, digital uh, health, for example, smart home, industrial, but nothing that cuts across those different verticals from an application developer standpoint. So you don't have any way as an application developer today to build an interesting app that touches all those different verticals. Now, even within those verticals, as an application developer, you have to worry about things like, am I talking about Wi-Fi, am I doing going over Bluetooth, Zigbee, Sixlopan, you name the different protocols. What, we're, what we've built with OIC and the IOTivity project is a common communication layer that lets an application developer write to one API and not have to worry about what the different transport layers are that go on underneath that. So where did it all start? Is this something from America, from the States, um, and who's involved? So primarily right now, it's Samsung, Intel, Cisco, HP, GE Software, about 56 different companies. And the reality is that all of these companies realize that this promise of of IoT really doesn't happen unless you have this common kind of infrastructure, interstate highway, plumbing, whatever you want to call it. And I think all of these companies realize that there's no, there's not a lot of differentiated intellectual property at this level. It is infrastructure. So um, you need to collaborate on that instead of trying to all build it yourself. But once you have that common infrastructure, then those individual companies build value on top of that. Okay, so uh, I understand you'll be creating strategies, policies. Um, you're talking about open source code. Um, have you started? Are you in conversations right now? Sure. So the easiest way to think about this is there's kind of two pieces to this this puzzle. One is OIC, the Open Interconnect Consortium. Their job is to build the standard, right, the specification, because a lot of, of these IoT industries want a specification so that they can verify what goes on in particular devices, especially highly regulated industries like medical, industrial. Now, there's also the IoTivity project, which is the open source code and, re- and reference implementation of the standard. Where we are today, because we've just started up in, as of last July, is we have an IOTivity uh, code release, version 0.9.0, the preview release. That's available today at IOTivity.org. And then the standard piece, the version 1.0 of the standard, is going to be out by the middle of this year. Once the version 1.0 of the standard is out, there'll be another release of the IOTivity software, which matches up, and it's version 1.0. So the benefit here you have is that you can work in this open source environment, even if you're not a member of OIC, and sort of try before you buy and potentially also contribute interesting things. However, on the, on the standard side, if you're a member of the, of the Open Interconnect Consortium, you help drive the direction of that standard. So it's a little bit of a push-pull in terms of what's leading the standard or the code. Right now, the code is leading just because we have that. The standard is going to come along, and then the two will kind of work together closely. So uh, just quickly give us websites. I think you mentioned one or two of them. Sure. OpenInterConnect.org is the, the, IO, the OIC website. IOTivity.org is the project. The relationship there is that 
um, the project IOTivity.org is hosted at the Linux Foundation as a truly open source collaborative project, Apache 2.0 license. Anybody can contribute, participate, even if you're not an OIC member. OIC funds the, that project and their, their primary job is to build a reference implementation of the specification. However, that's not the only thing that they're limited to. They can build additional things that they think are valuable, which may end up eventually influencing the specification, or which may just be useful for the rest of the community. So a great example is we have a, something in our architecture called a protocol plugin manager. So there's a demo that we showed at CES where we were controlling both native OIC IOTivity devices as well as devices like a Philips Hue, which has no idea that it's being controlled by our framework. That protocol plugin that we, that we wrote for the Philips Hue is part of the open source project, but not part of the standard. So that's a great example. Okay, um, quite interesting. Are you working with any other bodies, any other associations like W3 Consortium or? Uh, right now we have a liaison agreement with the IIC, the Industrial Inter Inter Internet Consortium, and we're working on liaison agreements with other others. We aren't really at liberty to say who those are yet, but suffice it to say that you know we realize that, that to be successful, we have to work with these other industry consortiums that are already out there. We also are very complementary to other standards bodies like Thread, for example, or the Bluetooth SIG or Wi-Fi because of the fact that we sit above that layer. And so we're working with them as well to make sure that what we're doing matches up with what they're doing at the transport and protocol layer. So uh, why are you here? Why are you at Mobile World Congress? Well, I think we're here because we want to do a better job of education and reaching out to other people that um, are, are out there. We are showing a demo uh, here in the Tizen booth at Mobile World Congress to showcase the fact that our framework runs on Tizen, it runs on Android, runs on a variety of different Linuxes right now. And so I think we're here basically just as an education and outreach. Okay, so many, a lot of our audiences are developers or, so what would you say to them? Uh, uh, can they be included as members? How should they reach out to you? So I think go download the IOTivity code today at IOTivity.org, get participating in that open source project, see if it makes sense for your company, for your, for your environment. If it does, then you can look at joining um, as, as a member. We have three levels of membership, gold, platinum, and diamond. Diamond is our board level membership. Um, at the gold level, that's the minimum level to participate in the standards and specification. It's normally $10,000 a year to be a, a gold member, but if you're a small startup with revenue under, I believe it's $5 million, it's $1,000. We also just announced recently a, a, um, a nonprofit and um, educational membership at the gold level for zero. So to try to get more people involved in these smaller companies. So I think what you'll see if you look at openinterconnect.org is we have a wide variety of companies at different scales. The Samsungs, the Intels, GE Softwares, all the way down to smaller startup companies that are participating in this IoT initiative. Okay, so the temptation is big for me. Where is IoT going? What do you, personally, what do you see the future in the whole field? Where do you see us in two years from now? So I think there are two areas of beachheads in IoT today. Smart home, which everybody sees, right? It's what's going on at Mobile World Congress, CES, a lot of shows, as well as industrial. So I think those are the two big beachheads where you're probably going to see the most um, value and the most things coming out of the next couple of years, followed very closely by things like digital health and um, in-vehicle for example. So those are kind of the four areas. They're not the only verticals we're working with. We're trying to, again, cut across the different verticals. But I think you're going to see the most um, progress in things like industrial and smart home in the next couple of years. So do you have an opinion on the data that's being collected? Because this is humongous amounts. Well, I think that's up to, up to the individual operators and individual people that are collecting that data. One of the things we have in our framework is a notion of strong security. 
Obviously, data privacy is a completely different issue that's outside of the scope of what we're working on. But I think for, from a consumer acceptance standpoint, especially in smart home, that, that whole data privacy thing has to get sorted out. Um, as personal opinion, as a technologist, I think you're not going to reach a tipping point with smart home until you solve that data privacy problem to the satisfaction of an end user and consumer. Obviously, industrial is a different, a different segment, and they collect data on a different, even on a different scale, and they may use that in different ways. But yeah, from a consumer acceptance standpoint, you've got to solve that, that data privacy issue. I couldn't agree more. Um, we also got Kimberly Lewis with us from Intel, and she's been shaking her head, agreeing with whatever guy's saying. So uh, you're on the same <laughs> the same page. Kim and I are on the same page, which is always good. It's obvious. Um, so what's the question I didn't ask you? Is there something that you would have liked me to ask you, something you want to add to this interview? I would say maybe you didn't ask the question a lot of people have asked is why did you have to create another standard? And there's all these different standards and what, is, what does OIC mean in this space? One of the things we're working on from an education standpoint is getting people to understand that standards like Thread or Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever are great, but we're complementary to them. We don't compete with them. The only real competition at this level in the stack that we have is with AllScene and we think we have a better technical solution, we think we have a better solution from an IP policy standpoint, and just from uh, the standpoint of members and a specification that can work for that environment. So I think just we need to educate a little bit more on the fact that you know, transport layer standards are great, we love them, and we're agnostic to that. We're working at a little bit higher level on the stack. Now, that's why I didn't ask you. I agree, it's a niche that needs standards and it's gonna grow even bigger. So, uh, thank you for being uh, with us, Guy. No problem. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. It was a great interview um, from Open Interconnect Consortium. We're going to learn to say that in the future. So this was Vicky Colavo for Tech Talk Central. Thank you. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.